Welcome to Success Stories brought to you by SNS Activewear. I'm your host, Marshall Atkinson, and this is the podcast that focuses on what's working so you can have success too. On today's Success Stories podcast, we have a real treat. Brian Jolin with Jolin Promo will discuss how he uses the foundation of stories to sell and engage customers. Brian is a story brand fanatic, and we'll learn how that has helped him over the years connect and align with his customers to serve them better. Brian has a personalized approach that helps clients find the right products to serve their needs best. You don't want to miss this episode that is sure to connect with you on many different levels. So, Brian, welcome to the Success Stories podcast. Thanks, Marshall. Happy to be here. Yeah. So before we get going to anything, where do you live and kind of let everybody kind of know what you do for a little bit? Oh, I don't disclose that kind of personal information. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, just kidding. I uh, am from Washington State originally, but moved to Texas in 1993 and got into promo about nine years ago or so, I guess. And what was the other part of the question that I already forgot? Uh, just kind of, you know, what you do, what market you serve, that kind of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Joel and Promo kind of came out of being a manufacturer's rep for pre-printed screen print, t-shirts mainly, some resort wear, and even weird stuff like action sports, like life jackets and wakeboards and other things that I did for about the first two decades of my career and worked the Texas, Oklahoma Louisiana, Arkansas, Missouri, kind of Mississippi, or New Mexico a little bit, territory for different brands, and then ended up actually getting fired from a sandal brand, which was a very big blessing in disguise, and was able to focus more on the custom screen printing, and that led into promo. So that was actually a very, very good career change. So you've worked the decoration into the stick? Yeah, selling... Academy and Bass Pro and little resort type uh, retailers that were kind of surf inspired clothing and sandals and sunglasses and action sports retailers, boat dealerships, all kinds of fun customers. So what do you like about being a promo distributor? What What's your favorite thing? Really, I think to me, the absolute best thing about waking up every day is, you know, you're going to do six different things. Like you might do one or two apparel projects and it might be just basic screen printing or it might be embroidery or it might be something just a little more intricate on, you know, backpacks or something just a little bit different. But the other four things you do, they're going to be wildly different. Yeah, it might be the same thing you did two days ago. It might be drinkware again. But then again, it might be something completely different that you've got to research. Well, where do I buy that thing from and get it branded? So it's a little bit like getting the bird dog, I guess, for your clients a little bit, combined with just doing new and unique stuff. And there's so many suppliers. It's almost a full-time job just keeping up with who does what. And even just from the major suppliers, there's always somebody new I'm working with and getting so to start you, new relationships. Do you tend to focus on a particular area or type of company or organization that you know, because once you've got that figured out, it's easier to clone those type of customers because you kind of understand their language. Yeah, that sounds great, but you're giving me post-traumatic stress from 
expo four years ago. <laughs> all the all the rage was, what's your niche? You know, what is your target specialized uh, type of company you sell? And I was in panic for a couple of days, and then I figured out it's not medical or educational or you know resort or marinas or anything like that that I specialize in. It's a customer mindset that's more open to collaborating on marketing and is willing to share what their sort of purpose is behind their purchase and is willing to do a product or a piece of apparel that speaks to that and has a little more longevity than just a giveaway that might get tossed in the garbage. Okay. So, so it's really about their thinking, you know, finding people that are open to that. That's, that's your going after. That's very interesting. Cause that's, I haven't heard it quite that way before. Yeah. I mean, I really think I don't have a ton of clients, but I do a lot with the ones I have. And of course we click and become friends and that's great. But it's really just this mindset of they're very particular with the kind of products that they want. They want more quality, but they're open to the idea of we think we might want drinkware, but, you know, we're open to a T-shirt, too, or maybe we'll do both. But, you know, people that you can suggest a 15 or 16 dollar item to, even though you thought they only wanted a 10 dollar item. So you give them the high end one and then the you know mid range one and they'll surprise you and go you know what, we have budget for that. And those are beautiful. Let's do the $16 one. I mean, that sort of mindset of let's maximize what we're going to do with our budget to me is very appealing to work with. I guess it would be for anybody, right? And how do you think things have changed with those groups since, you know, we're we're doing the whole COVID shuffle now and, and there are people working from home and there's the advent of online stores. Like, so what has changed for you and how are you adapting to the new next normal kind of thing? Well, Marshall, I'm glad that this podcast is not about what changes you made during COVID <laughs> to survive. Because to be honest, I didn't make tons of changes other than how I interacted with customers. And two or three months into COVID, I was diagnosed with colon cancer. And so because of surgeries and having to be real careful about being immunocompromised, I wasn't able to meet with customers or do deliveries like I used to do and, you know, sit down and chat with them for 15 minutes or an hour sometimes, which I always felt like it was time to go after about 45 minutes, but I didn't get to have all those interactions. So that changed, but really my customers for the most part, didn't change many, many of their buying habits. Some of them lost a budget temporarily or whatever, but they were still wanting to interact like an alumni association at a local university, they still wanted to interact with their alumni. So even though they couldn't do it at an in-person 5K, they had a virtual 5K. And to make it easier to distribute the swag, they just did socks instead of t-shirts. So I don't like to talk about it in too much detail because I have a little bit of guilt about it, I guess, like survivor guilt. But my sales were up in 2020. And I think part of it is luck. And part of it was hard work. And part of it is just having a customer base that's very loyal and spent what they could. Right, right. Well, I know a lot of people who actually uh, came out of the year, especially in the third and the fourth quarter, really ahead of the game because they knuckled down on some things and were and found new markets or found new products or you know did a lot with 
face masks or hand sanitizer or whatever. And that really propelled them over even what they would have probably budgeted for. So yeah, it's very a interesting. Little, a little bit of branded masks, but really it was just traditional, you know, polo shirts for school uniforms and just your basic regular stuff. But instead of for in-person meetings or in-person events, most of my clients are able to shift pretty quickly to virtual. I guess I have a very flexible-minded and sort of more solution-based customer base. They didn't just sit there and lick their wounds and say, oh, we couldn't get together. They just found a different way to connect with their their alumni or their clients and their prospects and their employees. Right. Well, I think this is a great segue into our second question here, which is really about Donald Miller's famous book, Story Brand. And I know you're a uh, you're a disciple of that. We were talking about that earlier. So what lessons are you taking away from that book that really help you to equip yourself to be better at sales? And then kind of just for somebody who hasn't read Story Brand, what is that book all about? So just kind of go through that a little bit. That's a very complicated question, but let me try to break that down. So I think first I need to tell you that my friend, April Sunshine Hawkins, who since moved from Fort Worth to Nashville to work for the story brand, which now they're kind of calling it business made simple is the other part of their, their business. But she went and moved up there to work for them. She helped push me into listening to their podcast, which was really one of, to be honest, one of the first podcasts I ever listened to four or five years ago. And I really started to connect with their way of talking about the sales process and kind of taking the word sales out of it and making yourself rather than a salesperson, making yourself a guide and, you know, placing your client as the hero of their own story, not you as, hey, look, Joel and Prem has been around 275 years and my quadruple great grandfather started it. And, uh, you know, it went from a mud hut that had bags to now we're in Midtown New York and have 25,000 square feet or whatever. End of the day, nobody really cares. They don't care how long your business has been around. They want you to be trustworthy, which sometimes has to do with how long you've been in business, but they want to trust you, but they want to know what are you and your company going to do for the client. And it just has to all, it makes it sound like our clients are all selfish, which they're really not, but it all has to be centered around them. Like, what, is, what are they trying to do with their budget? What's the purpose of this project? You know, what are their ongoing promo and printed apparel needs? What are they for? And how do I guide them into making the best choices? You know, my tagline for my company is remarkable promotional products that will make your brand unforgettable. And it's a good tagline. It's a good theory. The story brand framework is all a great theory. I am a huge disciple of it. But honestly, in 10 interactions with clients, it never goes. I mean, maybe one out of 10 goes like you really want it to, where you start from the beginning, get their purpose, what's going to be considered a success on this spend for this project. And then you follow it all the way through with follow-up at the end. The other nine out of 10, you just have that sort of in the back of your mind and you go back and forth with it. But I can't tell you how many times, even just in the last week, Somebody's told me they need this product or that product or like this PTO wants water bottles and three or four emails switched back and forth 
before I found out they're selling them in a spirit shop. Like I thought they were going to give them away to their students. So you do have to be careful just not to assume that you know what the client wants the product for, but really try to go back to that foundation of what is their story that they're trying to tell and how can you be a guide? And then you're not even in sales anymore. You're just kind of have a friendship and you're kind of their coach or their guide. And and so you do that by what? Asking better questions? Do you have you know, qualifying things that you do. So you want to make sure that we're all on the same page. How do you go about it? Let's say I'm a new customer of yours. You don't know me from Adam, right? What would you do to kind of figure out what, how to work with me? You, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's about asking the right questions. And sometimes when it's a completely brand new prospect coming to you, you don't want to inundate them with 25 questions. And they're like, geez, you know, I just want to buy a t-shirt. Why is this guy asking me? What you know? What are my logo standards, and and uh, what is the goal of this project, and all that? So you have to kind of do some give and take. Like with the water bottle lady, I made three suggestions even while I was asking questions about what the project was about, and that was good because she kind of already picked out one that she liked from Gary Line, and we were kind of already moving forward. And then she told me that they were reselling them, so I knew we had to be careful with price to not go too crazy because in a school spirit shop, you don't want a $25 water bottle for elementary kids, unless it's in a very hoity-toity Highland Park type neighborhood or something. And so um, it's asking questions, but it's having a conversation and getting your client to open up and talk more about, you know, why are they spending this money? What's the event about? What's the purchase all about? And, you know, not overloading them with too many questions, but trying to get to the root of it so that you can then consult and recommend the right product. And I mean, it sounds, I don't know what the what the right adjective is here, but it sounds kind of funny or whatever. But with most prospects, I usually say, hey, are you interested in something just down and dirty cheap that may get tossed? Or are you interested in something that has a little more longevity and uh, people may be wearing that t-shirt for 10 years? And if they're just interested in a low price point kind of giveaway that might get thrown away, I really don't want to work with them. I don't, I'm in just a one person shop, one person company. And so I don't have time to deal with people that only care about price. That's a really great way to look at it. So you don't have a problem with saying no then, right? So you're not a good fit for me. And do you recommend they go somewhere else or how do you handle that? Well, I mean, you got to be nice about it because you don't want <laughs> to be, have a reputation as that a-hole and in Fort Worth that, you know, won't work with people unless they're willing to spend too much money or whatever. But I think you just say, hey, you know, I have limited bandwidth. I don't have any staff. It's just me. And, you know, sometimes I'm even with prospects honest about my medical situation and just saying, you know, I'm not working 50 or 60 hours a week anymore. I'm just working 40 and trying to take vacations when I can and and live my best life as long as I can. And that includes having a little better work-life balance than I did the last 10 years. And people are, in general, pretty receptive to that. And you can tell in those opening emails or phone calls, I mean, if they're talking about the online retailers, then they probably already have a place in mind and they're just getting a second quote or a third quote or whatever, which, you know, certain nonprofits and PTOs and PTAs require several quotes. And so it's better just to part ways semi-friendly than to get into the weeds for two hours and find out 
they're just going to go buy it at Custom Ink anyways. Like what you hear so far? Be sure to subscribe so you can get the latest from Success Stories. And now here's Zach shortly with the SMS Spotlight. StoryBrand is all about making your clients the hero of their story. So we want to make sure you have all the knowledge you need to do just that. On our blog, The Press, you'll find articles with business advice from industry peers, updates on the latest fashion trends, in-depth looks at our premium brands, and sale tips to help make your client interactions way more impactful. So next time you're looking for some business inspiration, check out press.ssactivewear.com. Thanks for listening. Let's talk about your customers, the hero of their own journey. So what does that mean, you know, and and how are you kind of using that in what you do when you try to make a program a success for them? Well, I think this goes to what you and I were talking about a little bit earlier, kind of previewing what we we're going to talk about today, but sort of the before and after. So you want to let your client know, okay, you know, right now you're deciding what you're going to buy for this project, what the outcome of it's going to be or whatever. And my job as the guide is to make you a hero of this project, whether it's to your clients or your customers or your coworkers, or if it's a bigger organization, to the director or the president or the CEO or the owner of that company. And really, when you, I mean, I'm just open about it. I tell them, hey, you know, I've subscribed to this marketing philosophy called Story Bringing. It's about you being the hero of the story, not me. And it's my job to help you get there. I think people are, they're intrigued and appreciative of it at the same time because they're not used to people necessarily saying, hey, it's about making you a success on this project. And that's my goal. It's not for me to maximize my margin or make as much money as possible or, you know, leave no penny on the table. It's about really being successful. And like I had a client and they're a private local school. They wanted some wood frames. And we had picked some out from Illini line. Well, they're not available again until like probably December. And that's past their event date for uh, Grandparents Day. So we ended up picking some non-wood kind of fake wood ones. Well, the cost is a third of the real wood. And she was a little bit worried that they might not be quality. I'm like, they're going to be great quality. It's just you're not going to pay as much. And, you know, I think she was surprised that I would have suggested that. But it was in stock. And it fits what her project needs are. And yeah, she's going to save a couple thousand bucks. She'll spend that on something else with me later. So it's not a big deal. And I think it's also kind of mapping out what's really important to people. So when we think about success, so what is successful for you? Success means that it comes in on time. It could be a certain level of quality. It could be that they were able to fundraise and hit their fundraising goal or the fact that they were able to justify the expenditure to their boss, right? Or, you Did know, you really they got a, they got a promotion or something. I mean, so success means a lot for different people. And I think if you unpack that at the beginning, it's much easier to unravel, don't you think? For sure. But I can't believe you just said on time, because that is the biggest stress right now, I think, for promotional products distributors and screen printers and anybody trying to help clients meet event dates. It's just nuts. I mean, everything is two to three times longer than normal. Even if the person has it in stock, they're understaffed at the decoration facility. And, you know, I've got texts out right now to one of my contract printers locally 
and one of them is for an employee meeting at the beginning of next week. And I don't know if I'm going to get it in time or not. And that's just not something I'm used to missing deadlines. But, you know, you just have to kind of accept that uh, it's going to happen from time to time, especially right now in this current environment. And then you just have to try to make it as right as you can and help them distribute it, you know. Well, it's up to us to say, hey, this is the situation we're in. We don't know. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> mean, know? everybody gets And, and everybody so gets it's not that. a surprise later, right? I mean. And people, are, it's an interesting, even new customers are more understanding than you would realize. I think most people by now have figured out whether they've went to order a hot tub and found out it's a nine-month lead time or went to get a new car or can't buy a used car or had a delay on printing T-shirts. They've run into stuff where there's just a massive delay in, in the supply timeline and in the supply chain logistics. So I think overall people are fairly understanding, but it's still as a professional, it kills you to miss a deadline. So right, right. All right, cool. So what do you think the top tips are for someone listening that can immediately use and deploy kind of the the, the facets of how StoryBrand works? It's hard to drill it down, but if I had two to one or two items, I would say one, quit putting yourself in the middle or at the center of the whole experience. You're not what it's about. It's not about your company. It's not about you as a salesperson or as an account manager or whatever title you give yourself. It's about your customer. Like it's, it's no more complicated than that. It is about your customer. So make it about your customer. Keep them at the center of everything you're doing. Make sure that you're not just making decisions without checking with them to make sure it's what they want and what they need. Make sure you know what the purpose of the project is, what the ultimate you know, tell of success will be for them, and then work your ass off to make it work for them. Make them the freaking hero. And I think really if you do that, that one thing of taking the focus off yourself and just really stepping back being the guide or the coach, you know, you don't have to be the mockingbird. You can be the, what was the guy's name? Hamish or whatever. That's the former survivor. Right. You're, you're guiding hey, the Hamish. Mockingbird. It was Hamish. Wasn't Hamish. It? Yeah. Right. You're guiding the mockingbird to her success. And once you realize that, you know, you don't have to be a Yoda or anything, but once you, once you realize that you're the guide, it really is freeing from that process it's not really sales anymore. It's just relationship management and you're working on a project together and it's not even about beating the competition because this is now your client and your friend and it's not just a sale. Right. Yeah. That was the uh, hunger games anecdote. If you missed yeah. that. <laughs> your story Katniss Ever, Everdeen, right? So. Yes. 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 Well, great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story of success today with us, Brian. I really appreciate it. If someone wants to learn more about what you do or how you can help them, what's the best way to contact you? Really online, Joel and Promo on Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Just reach out and I'm part of Promo Kitchen, which you're obviously very familiar with as a chef. And I love mentoring in there. I usually have one or two mentees at a time. So I'm willing to help anybody with anything. I think the more we're sharing honestly without necessarily just giving our client list to our competitors but the more we share openly 
the better we can make the screen printed apparel and the promotional products industries better. Yeah, so uh, I'm a big believer in coopetition, right? I mean, there's so much business out there. I mean, nobody can own it all, right? So if we can collaborate and cooperate with each other, I think the whole industry rises. I love it. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much, Brian. You rock, dude. Appreciate it. Thanks, Marshall. It was fun. Well, that's our show today. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe so you can stay up to date on the latest Success Stories episodes. Have any suggestions for future guests or topics? Send them my way at marshall and marshallatkinson.com. And we'll see you next time.